0: So much for joining us again on a wonderful Sunday afternoon today um, here at Laid on the Table. I got uh, the same old dudes, the same grumpy old. No, I'm just kidding. The same old guys. And I hope they're having a good Sunday. Brian's here. Yep. John O's here. John o, John O'Ten. Harold Priest. But his name's just John. Yeah. It's just J O N. No H. I We argued about that for a long time. Entire when we were young. Age. I yeah. was like, how can it not be Jonathan and John for short? And he's like, that's what my parents named me. Yeah. And then he told me he had like six other names, and then I just couldn't, I gave up. <laughs> anyway, so it's a wonderful day. <clears throat> we're here to talk about gathering. Obviously, we're gathering here uh, to be best audio quality for you guys and and to be able to interact with each other. Um, but um, that's what we're going to be talking about today. So gathering. Um that's what we're going to lay on the table. There's a lot of topics around gathering uh, non-Christian and Christian, uh, which we'll focus more on what the debate in the Christian realm is about it. Um, and uh, we're just here to to commune, I mean, as normal. Um, and I'm thankful for that. It's the first Sunday of the month, funnily enough, we're meeting. So oh, it's yeah. Good. Yeah. yeah, it is. So, happy, uh, what is it, August? Happy hottest month of the year. Welcome. Well, yeah. Yeah. Welcome to the furnace that is Texas in August. Yeah. Uh, my name's not Shadrach, and his is Meshach and Abednego, no. so we're good right now. Yeah. That-
1: funny enough, we're going to bring them up on this podcast. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Tee hee. Yeah. He's so funny. Uh, yeah. So, um, but yeah, how's your week been going, John?
1: Um, The week, well, I'm dreading moving to day shift. So tomorrow I go back to work for three days, early two and a half, but for three days, it'll be my last night shift. And then I have to spend the next seven days off getting used to being on a day schedule where I'll have to be at work at 7 a.m., which means I have to be up at four because I live so far away and to be amongst day walkers and normal folk and driving within the speed limits and all that kind of stuff. I I
0: do believe that you don't have to get up at four to be there at seven nowadays, especially since there's less traffic. Yes, I do. Yes, I absolutely do,
1: okay. because oh. most accidents that happen that are work related, work travel related, are in the morning, because people are doing their makeup or drinking their coffee or reading their phone or doing their homework on the way to school. Because they will hear the, of the dog, before. you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so no, I have to, I have to leave early enough that if anything happens, I still have time to get to work without being late. I feel you. Yeah, most people leave with just enough time to get to work on time. But if anything happens, then they're screwed. So there's that. Um, today today was kind of rough because I, I had every intention of go, actually going to church. And the way they do it now is through an app called Eventbrite via Google Calendars where you have to get a ticket. Now they're free, <laughs> but that's how they ensure that only the allowed number of people can come to church, which I totally disagree with, but they're trying to do the best they can with the current climate. So I got a, uh, I got a ticket and then I woke up late and I didn't go. So I canceled my ticket so that hopefully someone else could go. And then I went online, which I didn't really want to do, but I went online to listen to it. But then I realized it was 11 o'clock and he was only halfway through the message. So I had to shut that off and shower and come here. And then I was, kind of sort of late here so it's just been one of them days man. Oh, one blessing is that it's recorded and it's still there. Oh yeah I can go back and I time stamped it and it'll be fine but um, I haven't physically been to church in, in quite a while and I was I was really looking forward to going but everything happens for a reason so um, for me I don't know just unbeknownst to me I wasn't supposed to go I guess.
0: There you go. Brian, what's going on with you, man?
2: Uh, not a whole lot. Been really strangely tired this week. I don't know why. Uh, I think a lot of it has to do with the weather.
0: <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Kind of, it's
2: just making... And then also, like, being in the house a lot, you know, and just
0: not... Just getting. being in the house makes you like it, lack, lackadaisical, kind of.
2: Yeah. No, I would agree. It, it definitely does. Um definitely had an effect on me. If, I don't know. Just generally, all of that. Uh, yeah, I've just been like sleepy. I need to work out or something. I don't know, you know?
0: Yeah, I guess so. You sound like dad. Mm. Do I? <laughs> that, that's what dad said. Yeah. I was like, I just feel like my body's shut down. I just could work out. I
2: was like, okay, dad. Yeah, he does. I do too.
0: Yeah. Um, Uh, Just so y'all know, uh, you may hear some uh, beautiful ladies' voices in the background. We've had to move around our little podcast area to a much more comfortable area, but less soundproof. So, my wife and Brian's little lady are Mm -hmm. uh, chit chatting in the living room. So, you may hear them chat every once in a while. So, if you hear them talking, that's what it is. And uh, so, that's that. Brian's also got that going on, the little lady. He Mm -hmm. went on vacation Mm -hmm. too recently. He went out to the, was it New Mexico or Colorado? Colorado
2: Springs. Yeah, we went and climbed some mountains, a mountain, uh, did a lot of hiking, pretty much it, a lot of outdoor stuff. That's cool, man. So it was fun.
1: Yeah. pretty. The ship is married and Brian's got a lady and I just want to throw it out there that I am single, just (laughs) so you know. Uh
0: (laughs) (laughs) So um, he's not as single as he wants to be, though. True. Yeah. This guy. Um, Yeah, everything over here is good. Uh, Misses the family. We're painting the room getting ready for the baby, you know, Hey, baby. I think this month we're planning on doing some kind of little gender reveal. (coughs) So that's coming. And so we got stuff going on. It's just, I feel you when you say sitting in the house too much, man. And you know, I will say that in my job sphere, uh, being able to be away from work for a, a, even if it's like a couple of days a week and still be able to do what I need to do remotely. So the things that I don't have to do physically, I can do remotely and, and, uh, is especially dealing with like people has been wonderful because mm-hmm. it gives me that break in between where I can just breathe a little bit. And that way it's not such an irritation, when yeah, it I deal with people i don't know at, if it's, work, at work i honestly
2: think for me it's just been the heat <laughs> yeah i don't think it's been the house because i then actually that, don't mind working from home and yeah. it gives it makes uh, my schedule a lot more flexible and stuff yeah. so like me and printed can hang out a lot more often yeah um uh i can but, see friends and stuff well at least the friends that i can see so right right and luckily uh, just the weather's like wearing on me
0: sam going to work still Stella goes to work, so they get to get out of the house a little bit, even though Sam wants to come back. Um, Well, she might be able to since Stella's coming to the end of her little internship. They may let her kind of be at home more often. Um, And then we got Bridget here, and I could just, I could tell Bridget is ready to go back to school. Like, that girl is literally just got nothing to do, and she's in that phase in life where it's like you have no idea what to do. Unless somebody tells you. Yeah. And so you can't really think for yourself. It's like that weird, like late teens, angsty phase. Mm. And it's not like she's disrespectful, but she's kind of like, well, I don't really want to do anything. You know, you got And it doesn't help sitting here and not seeing anybody do anything and getting interested in anything. And so we tried cooking donuts one day, which doesn't help our health. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Sometimes you just things. gotta live a little. Yeah, so it's been fun. I've been having her try cooking experiments, but aside from that, today um, we have been discussing and and we we uh, disagree on some things and agree on some things like as normal. And so there has been news in the evangelical realm um, in the beginning of this COVID scene. Uh, every establishment. Was shut down. No matter what the establishment was, unless it was like a grocery store, and then there, of course the there was the guidelines in which you were to follow. Um, which weren't as strict, but they were there. Um, So every establishment was shut down, including churches. So there was no this place can be open or that place being open. This gathering can happen. This gathering can't happen kind of idea going on. And as this whole thing has kind of progressed, we've gotten like new evidence of how lethal it really is or isn't and so forth and so on. And then certain states um, where we have some predominant churches, uh, especially in the more reformed path. Um, they're telling them, again, they need to do a total shutdown, but only these kind of establishments where these other establishments can stay open. And of course, due to the social unrest, which were, we kind of t- touched on that last time, there's a lot of rioting, and, and, and which is negative, but there's also protesting, which is fine. That's our First Amendment right going on, and those gatherings are still happening. But yet, you know, they're saying that certain establishments must be shut down. Um, and so, in the evangelical realm, you have churches in uh, like Northern California, uh, the most notably being uh, Grace Community, which is John MacArthur's church, uh, who have decided, unlike in the beginning when they did shut down their doors with everyone else, uh, to keep their doors open. And so, there's been a lot of uh, chit chat amongst the communities and amongst the body and amongst the web about that, uh, des- d- that decision along with a couple other churches out there that have made a similar decision. And so we're kind of going to lay that on the table today and see what we think is in, in the beginning we were, our podcast said, you know, was under the guise that everyone was shutting down, this wasn't a, Pick and choose um and there wasn't these great riots happening we we said, you know we should submit to our governing authorities because God has put them in place um but then all of a sudden, toward the end, it seems to be changing so let's touch on that guys so okay,
1: yes there there is scripture that says that we are to obey the laws and it, and it, and it does say that the governments are were instituted or that the leadership of any government on earth was put forth by God. You know, He appoints the leaders and whatnot, and that we are to um, abide in whatever government we've been placed in. And there are non-believers and even some believers that that's that's where the line is drawn, and that's just how it is. But there are instances in Scripture, uh, and, and I'll, I'll just I'm going to use a couple of Old Testament. I think Aaron's going to be using some out of the New Testament, where a a government mandate um, is instituted that is in strict violation of God's laws. And it's at that instant that we as believers are not to be held uh, or, or to not violate God's law in order to appease a government of man, even though it was instituted by God, That government was. So... You know, with, with the with the closing of these church or with the order to close these churches, that's one of the things that is in that would be a direct violation because it, it denies the body or the body of Christ or the church, I so use that interchangeably, it denies them two things. One, the assembling of God's people, which we are commanded not to forsake. And two, it it prevents the worship you know cuz before before at least in california before they said close the doors they said no singing well that's praise and worship and the very same thing happened uh in uh daniel's time with uh what king was it? it's in daniel it's in daniel
0: 6 never never could no, no 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 not that
1: one not that not yet i'm getting there all right uh so it's it's daniel 6 uh, and I, and I, ha- I started around verses uh, 6 to 23, um, where the king establishes an injunction uh, and signs it that uh, basically no one can pray to or worship uh, the Jewish God, and anyone who does will be immediately thrown into the uh, the lion's den. And the very day... Yeah, I that, remember that now. yeah. Uh, the very day that that is signed, you know, it, it speaks of Daniel going to his house, upstairs to his room but that has windows, uh, and he bows down and gives thanks to and praises God. But it says, it, he didn't do it just because, like we're not, he's not stirring the pot. In that very same verse, it says that this is what he's always done. So this is nothing new to him. He's, he's always, it was his custom three times a day. To praise God It said he would face Jerusalem from wherever he was at Okay, So it's not like he was Being petty Okay, He's worshipping God A government that he was under Establishes a rule that says You can't do that And he's like well I'm going to go do it anyway Because I'm worshipping my God And you're not going to stop me So he he was Witnessed doing that He was detained or arrested And he was thrown into the lion's den and Daniel knew that that's what could very well happen to him he may have even expected it okay right but but even knowing in the face of certain death that that that's what would happen to him worshiping god he did it anyway that's that's obedience he's he's following the law of god over the law of man now i'm not saying that that's what it's going to come to here with with the current situation it could it is possible right and it will later on, you know, under a different agenda. But as of right now, I'm not saying that's that's what we're facing. But what we are facing is, is you know, you've got the government saying, hey, you can't worship God Almighty. And the church, as all churches should, saying, yeah, we're going to anyway. And um, another example is, uh, which is King Nebuchadnezzar, uh, is uh, further back in Daniel is chapter three, where uh, a statue is made of Nebuchadnezzar's golden statue. Yep, it's probably pretty big, and a decree was made that at any time uh, an annu- I'll just call it an announcement. And in, in the scripture, it talks about a horn, a flute, or just some sort of um, something sort of like the Muslims call a prayer, which right, tells right. them, "Hey, it's time to get down on you know whatever." Right. Same same thing. And at any time that was to happen, everybody who who heard it had to stop what they were doing and bow down to the statue of Nebuchadnezzar and worship him. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we got these three dudes that I'm not going to say their name because I always butcher it every time. Shadrach, Meshach, Meshach and Abednego. And, okay, Abednego. There you go. Uh, we're like, yeah, we're not doing that. And so they didn't. And <clears throat> hands were laid on them and they were taken before the king, bound and thrown into a furnace. Now, the king was so upset at, at their disobedience, so to speak, that he, th- this was a normal punishment. People were thrown into this furnace for whatever.
0: It was turned up a little hotter than normal. It,
1: it was turned up seven times hotter. In fact, it was turned up so much that the guys that, that took them to throw them in the furnace were also consumed from the heat. Okay? <clears throat> yeah and again as as Daniel knew these guys knew that violating this decree was going to get them in some serious trouble mm-hmm. but they did it anyway um now granted they just like Daniel they were protected they were delivered they were preserved and it was all done for the glory of God not their glory it wasn't like well i'm going to i'm going to disobey you because you know i'm special right,
0: it wasn't no. a, it wasn't a um it wasn't an aggression from their no. or a vengeance or a or a it wasn't in that form or fashion at all it was the fact that they they saw yes governing authorities are here but ultimately they're to be subject to God as i am subject to God right right
1: so so you you know fast forward to today and you've got these these churches that are that have publicly stated no we will remain open we will have worship and anyone who wants to come can come uh, and if you don't want to come, then you don't need to come. Um, there's even a church in Nevada. It's, um, what was it called?
0: Yeah, it's going on over there in the west. Calvary Chapel
1: well. East, I think is what it was called, mm-hmm. or Calvary Chapel. It's in Nevada. But anyway, their, their issue is a little bit different. So the casinos over there are allowed uh, 50% capacity, but the churches are not. And so they fought back and saying, hey, that's they didn't necessarily fight back, but they're petitioning for the same treatment, okay? Right, right. And they were denied. Right. Now, I don't know if the church is going ahead and allowing their full congregation to come in or not. To be honest with you, I hope they are. That's what a church should do. And, you know, you're going to have some people that don't want to rock the boat. Oh, no, we'll just, you know, we'll, we'll follow the rules. But what my take on all this is, is that these, whether you're in California or Nevada or wherever you may be that, that, that hasn't hit the news that this is going on, these restrictions are church specific. Okay. They're not, you know, other, other, in the beginning, you know, bars and and whatnot were forced to close, but now they can remain open. Some of them to full capacity, some not here in Texas. I think they can only be at 50%, I think. Uh, but you know, there are areas where the, where only the churches are denied either full um, activity or full attendance, or or just no attendance, and so here you are, just like Daniel, just like Shadrach, Meshach could have been to go. Hey, I said it right. Yeah, you know you're faced with, you know, what do you do? And you know it, it's easy to say, just you know, sitting in a chair talking through a microphone or sitting in your car listening to this, oh, you know, I would stand for God. Well, would you? Yeah. You know, I mean, you won't know until it happens. I certainly hope I do, and I trust that God will give me the faith to do that if it happens. I've kind of heard it said in the in the chatter around the, the interwebs, you know, about, you know, well, this is civil disobedience, and this ruins the witness of a Christian. And, and you're going to get into this a little bit with Paul. In in Acts about it's it's Peter, but I'm sorry, Peter. We'll we'll Um, get there in a little while. Yeah, where you know you've you've got a group of people that see it as civil disobedience. This is ruining a witness, and we're not to cause derision and whatnot. And I'm like, well, I mean, to a point, we kind of are. You know, we're we're not of this world, and we're we're to live differently, and and there's reasons for that. And to just to just lay down and say, okay, whatever, and let let the body be steamrolled over by a ungodly um, leadership is not what we're called to
0: do. Right, right, right. I mean, you see it all over the Bible, the different ways that that uh, people have had to deal with people of authority that did not agree with God or Christ in that matter. Um, but, Brian, go ahead and throw your piece in there, man.
2: I think that John... Um, <clears throat> got the point across with, um, as it, as with like, was it, uh, Jesus saying that, you know, you rendered a Caesar what a Caesar's God it was God's. Mm-hmm. And I think that, um, it's good to be reminded of that during times like this. However, I will say at least from, because that was the curiosity I had going into all this was how are other religious institutions being treated in California. Right. And from what I've seen actually Um, even I'm reading an article right now from the Los Angeles times, which is, uh, about how mosques are adapting to coronavirus shutdown. Apparently they're not allowed to meet either. Um, so I think the one thing that I would have, if so, I would say like going back to MacArthur's, um, argument in the blog post, the one thing I would hold in contention would be the specific sort of very specific attack on, um, on churches only. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, I mean they're not really even mentioning mosques. And now maybe it's in the fine writing if you get to the actual mandate, but you know, publicly they're not saying uh, you know shut down the mosque. They're saying churches in well, specific.
2: Yeah, and I mean to
0: Which in any devil advocate, I would say any, like any worldview. If you say church, typically you're going to think that's. A, yeah. Either a Catholic well, church or you're gonna think it's some sort of Christian ideology based church.
2: Yeah. I mean but if you if you think about it though, like to try to I'm just devil advocating here, but I mean to give them the benefit of the doubt as well, like how many mosques are there in the United States compared to churches? Like in general churches, even Catholic churches. The Buddhist temples. And I mean, how are they
0: and, and are they actually I guess I am, am, So when I, yeah. I mean, it, church
2: ahead. would resonate more with American culture than like, well, all the mosques are shut down. It's like, well, I don't even know where a mosque is near me, you know? That's true. So they say here on the order itself on their website, the current order is, um, for the state of California. Let's see what's closed. Um, public events and gatherings like live audience sports. We get that. That makes sense. Um, Nowhere actually do they mention specifically in the closures, Mm -hmm. which is surprising. I didn't actually didn't expect this, but they don't actually mention churches at all nor religious gatherings in this list.
0: Yeah. In that list. Yeah. Which is, um,
2: they actually don't mention it. They mention it though below what is open with County variants no, not even there.
0: I think he did it on the video. Did he not?
2: I I didn't finish it, so that would be would have been so we're bad. We're bad everyone. Yeah. We didn't finish watching the whole video. <coughs> Unfortunately. Um, but I mean more of this talk I think was more to pick apart some of the things like MacArthur was saying because I mean, you know, being the man of God that he is, it's a big deal when someone comes out and sort of draws the line like that. Mm-hmm. So it's worth it's worth um holding that up. I mean reason I say that is historically when someone big like MacArthur came out and drew a line, that's when a, uh, in the church, at least that's when you'd call a council
0: (laughs) to decide. When when Luther, uh, he he nailed his, his thesis and, and, uh, so forth and so on. And uh, St. Augustine started writing all those books and calling out different theologies.
2: Yeah. So to, I'm not, to be specific on that, I was just saying that I think that's probably the one thing, when I was reading through, so, um, at least from MacArthur's perspective, he framed the argument mostly around um, what, he, so he started with the premise of John, what John started with. I, I would think that was good because some, there are gatherings and churches around the world that probably do need to be reminded that we don't actually follow the government. Um, he makes a point in here, which I think was actually really important as well, which is um, which is that he says an additional point needs to be made in this context. Christ is always faithful and true. Human governments are not so trustworthy, and then he goes on to say that um, that or sorry, above it, he says that notice we are not making a constitutional argument, even though the First Amendment of the United States Constitution expressly affirms this principle in opening words: Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof the right we are appealing to was not created by the Constitution it is one whose unilateral rights granted solely by God so he's making the statement that um, which I think I actually can get behind that because we really just don't care what America has to think about anything at the end of the day we have to make a decision that being said I don't I don't completely agree with him in sort of the hard line of like this is like a direct and very direct attack on the church specifically um though I will say whenever you decide what to open and what to close it does ultimately show what you value and in America secularism values economic mm-hmm. period um so I would say if you look at the opening list on things, it's it's always it's never I've I i do not see anything in here that is centered around the ideology of religion being important. It's all about economics
0: being important. Right. Who
2: needs to stay mm-hmm. open and I mean that makes sense. If you look at things like casinos. Casinos are money making machines.
0: Yeah, for Nevada, sure. For everywhere.
2: Yeah. I mean, they print money, basically. <laughs> yeah. It's a print it's a printing press of cash. So for Americans, and, you know, I just say culturally, we worship. That's our God oh. is is
1: money, and so money and alcohol, mm-hmm.
2: money and alcohol. Addiction, so it makes sense basically. what would be open. Yeah, yeah. So. Um, this is the same thing. I just want to make a one last point, and then I'll hand it over to you, Aaron. I want to yeah. get your thoughts. But I would say, um, uh, specifically, this was an argument made over counseling as well. Mm-hmm whether counseling should be virtual or face-to-face. My roommate had to go through this a lot. And uh, that was quite a fight because yeah. at first they weren't considered essential businesses, at least in here in the state of Texas. So um, I think it's a similar thing. I, I do think that there's probably things that the church could have continued to do that might not have been a direct draw on the sand. But I think within their specific context of what they're dealing with— mm-hmm and their specific body, I don't disagree with what they've done. Um, As long as they're not, I guess, in a sense, like, trying to sow disunity in the church Mm. that, like, like that is part of the attempt. Right. Because sometimes, I mean, obviously when you draw lines, you're gonna, there's gonna be some disunity. Mm -hmm. But I think it's also when you, like, you, you set out to make that your mission, because God... Uh, at least the apostles told us to do just the opposite, that we right. should seek unity. And if it, at all costs, uh-huh. just like uh, Martin Luther did with the with the uh, Catholic Church, he tried to seek unity, yeah. but he was shut down
0: at every uh-huh. attempt. Yeah, it's going to be difficult. Yeah. So I
2: think <laughs> that being said in this particular case, I mean, I think that um, that decision was made by the elders as well as um, probably the entire, from what I got from the sermon, that the actual church itself was very unified in the decision. So I think for them in particular, I think it makes sense. I, I don't know that it makes sense across the board. Does that make sense? Like, I don't think I could argue based off of where we're at right now yeah. that every single church should do exactly as they did and then make a big, really, like a really big stand like that. Mm-hmm. I think that um, it's just going to depend on the congregation. Right. Right you know, and where everybody's at, because I mean, obviously people are in different places and then also affected differently by this. Absolutely, It's the same thing with my roommate with counseling. I mean, there are, there are people that just cannot do virtual counseling. It yeah, doesn't they need work. That
0: physical. Yeah.
2: yeah. And so if, if the health of the, of the congregation is really suffering, then it may be a, it may be time to make that decision. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that from what I got from MacArthur, I mean, that's generally where they were at though. I, didn't fully agree with every reason that he cited for opening. I, I don't I just I just don't think he's a very good debater. I don't think he made like a really it's kind of a weak argument. He's more of a Yeah, he's a pastor. He's not yeah, a lawyer. He's a you know what I mean? Man. Yes. He's so, like your grandpa. Your yeah.
0: grandpa said some stern things and right. sometimes he was completely right and sometimes he was just being But
2: stern. that being said, I think at the at the end of the day, I mean, it makes sense for them. Yeah. That's my opinion. That's his opinion. I'm not It's
0: one man's opinion. Yes.
2: One of <laughs> to be clear on all that.
0: I think I'm going to start here. I'm going to start with our duty as being whomsoever believes. So whenever we say whomsoever believes, that is a believer in Jesus Christ. So whatever denomination you sit in, there are sheep everywhere. Okay. And I'm not going to say that a church building in California represents the body of, of Christ. The body of Christ is the church. So that's where I'm going to sit when I talk today. And I'm going to address the church. When I say the church, I mean the body. And, um, you know, I will start here. I'll say, I agree that the church doors should be open. They should be open in in, in every church. And as a pastor, it's your duty to tend to your flock. That's what God's given you the gift to teach and preach. Therefore, teach and preach. Now, um, we are not here to judge people's hearts. And understand it. Now I'm, I'm minusing COVID right now discussion because that frustrates me quite a bit. Um, but, but right now I'm just going to say as a Christian. And so if you've got a reservation, if you don't have a reservation, we have, we have options nowadays. God has blessed us with options right? We can be like the church in acts. We can meet from home to home. Mm -hmm. You can meet in small groups, but as Brian said, there are people that do need to physically fellowship. And right now they are alone and they are living in fear and they're stuck in their homes and they're in fear because they have no, what did it say? When Paul would go from church to church, they would bring out, bring testimonies and it would encourage. It wasn't the message of salvation. It was the encourage to continue on to forge on uh, in Christ and so I think we need to have that opportunity to let those people that need that meet if they need to meet. Now, it, I, don't, I understand why John is taking such a stance in his particular state. Um, and I do agree for the most part with the idea of keeping the church open. Now, do I think you're a terrible human being if you don't want to go, if you have a little bit of reservation? No, I think that's something you and the Lord need to figure out because then we're talking about fear. And the only thing that we're to fear is God. Uh, we're not to fear anyone or anything on this earth over God. Why? Because when we take our last breath that and our body dies, our spirit continues into heaven with Jesus Christ or into eternal damnation. So we need to understand that this is a temporal time. And, yes, we get attached to our wives, our homes, our kids, our families. We don't want anybody to be sick. We don't want to see illness. But, you know, Paul tells people, don't worry, for they are asleep. And they, when he says sleep, it's not permanence. That is a temporary time, and we will see each other again. So quit fearing death because we know we already earned it in our sin, and that's what we have Jesus Christ for, first and foremost. Secondly, when somebody wants to take away, when we see an attack on the church or on the body, it is not an attack on you. This is why it's not your cause to stand up and riot in the streets over this particular idea. Now, if one man or a church feels that they want to be more outspoken than the other, that's fine. But it is not our cause because who they're attacking is not you. What they're attacking is what's in you, and that is, and that is Christ. They don't like Jesus, and they don't like you talking about Jesus, and they don't like me saying Jesus Four or five times in a row, Jesus, Jesus, this is a problem for them. Hmm. And when you say that name, people don't believe the power of the name of Christ. It's not like the, I'm some kind of charismatic spiritual guy, but you say Jesus around the right people, they literally will become very adverse to you. Yeah, I don't want to hear about this Jesus. I mean, one of my my fathers, one of the my 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 biological father, I have a stepdad, and I, they've both been in my life pretty much since I was born. So. <laughs> When I say my father in this particular instance, I'm talking about stepdad, and I tried to talk to him about, you know, I know, you know, Papa and Granny or Grandma and Grandpa were, you know, very in church. What happened? Why don't you want to be in the church? He's like, I don't believe. And I said, Do you have a problem with like Jesus Christ or what? He loves me to death and I love him. But that name just got him angry and he turned to me and he goes, My bones will be in the ground over there when I die. So come visit them all you want, but that's where I'll lie. And that was it. And so, you know, that's my father, earthly father who I love, Um, and he says that. So we need to understand that whomsoever believes, so this is for believers, uh, when it comes to boldly speaking the name of Jesus Christ, providing a place for people in need to get away from the things that are open, drugs, alcohol, gambling, monetary gain, all the addictions of this world, the church is an open door for a sanctuary to get away from that. It is a sanctuary to bring peace and love and joy of Christ. So I want to offer that opportunity to anyone who needs it, whether that mean a homeless man that walks in my door, whatever that means, my church needs to be open for whatever God brings its way. Um, and I think that's what we need to do. But me, I take strength from Acts chapter four. Um, this is when Peter uh, heals the man at the beautiful gate and he gets healed and he goes out and he's preaching in this chapter, maybe chapter three and four. I don't know, but I'm going to go to chapter four and they, the Pharisees, Sadducees violently take them in and they tell them, do not continue to basically preach this name. So they weren't mad at Peter in specific. I know he had a counterpart, but right now it's slipping my mind. They weren't mad at Peter in specific. They were mad because Peter was preaching about Christ, who they crucified. Right? We don't want to hear this name. So that is what I believe is a much bigger issue than the government. If you're telling me that you want to stifle my voice, stifle my opportunity to give someone the gospel, stifle the needs of the body of Christ because of the fact that that you don't agree with it or you, you want to use a pandemic, whatever you want to use, when there has been many pandemics in this world and people have survived and people have gone on to see their maker. So it has happened and this isn't the first time, okay? And to act like a pandemic that has a very high success rate for getting over it is a huge issue, then that is an issue. And people come back at me, even Christians. Well, you have to remember that most Christians in the United States are above the age 35, and they're most at risk for being ill. Yeah, that's fine. If you want to go and risk being ill, go to church. If you feel convicted to go to church, go to church and gather with your fellow Christians. If you happen to get ill, then it looks like there's a pretty high success rate for you to get over it, but it's going to suck to get sick. It always does. Flu season's terrible. I don't like getting the flu. Nobody does. Okay, nobody likes getting sick. So that's where I'm going to stand on the COVID portion of this. But let me bring up this chapter and these verses real quick. So after they get released, um, they go back to the, to the church and they begin to deal with things. And I think this is a very good um, outline for how we should be dealing with any issue that we face persecution-wise, uh, whether it is to close our doors, whether it is to stifle our voice, whatever that may be. Um, Because as we saw in the autonomous zone, there were preachers that would go through there and they would get beat up or kicked out because they don't want the name of Jesus in the autonomous zone or in the anarchist zone. That's not about Christ. And so if the world turns into that, then the last thing they're going to want to hear is Jesus. Um, Before I even get started, let's preface this with there are countries where people have to figure this problem out all the time. Hmm. They cannot gather. They literally are not allowed to gather um, like but they, Iran and China right, and yeah, pandemic be damned. They're not allowed to gather yeah. and they have to figure this issue out all the time. Mm-hmm. So I would say for any future research, I would look into a country where gathering as a Christian group to worship and praise the name of the Lord Jesus Christ is a, uh, uh prisonable. Or uh, Or defaming, or decharactering, or punishable by death, yeah. So before we even get started, let's be thankful that we live in America, and we can even discuss this and deal with this in the evangelical realm. So as they come back, uh, it says they gather... As they were released and they went to their friends and reported what the chief priests and the elders had said to them. And then when they heard it, they lifted their voices together. God said, uh, and God and said, sovereign Lord. So then we have to recognize first and foremost, God is sovereign over this entire world. So he has a plan and it's going to be enacted whether we want to be a part of it or not. And he said, who made the heaven and the earth and the sea and everything in them who through the mouth of our father, David, through the mouth of our father, David, your servant said, by the Holy Spirit, why did the Gentiles rage and the peoples plot in vain? The kings of earth themselves and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his anointed. For truly in this city we are gathered together against your holy servant, or, uh they they were there were gathered together against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed, both Herod, Pontius Pilate, along with the Gentiles and the people of Israel to do whatever your hand and your plan predestined to take place. And now, Lord, look upon their hearts and grant your servants to continue to speak your word with all boldness while you stretch out your hand and heal in signs and wonders and perform through the name of your holy servant Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place they gathered was shaken and they were filled with the spirit and continued to speak the word of God with boldness. So what did they do in this particular situation? Did they stop preaching? No, they did not. They did not do what they were commanded to do. But what they did do is they first gathered as a church, as a body, and they were not a small church at this time. This was, what, 5,000-something people. So we don't know what the building looked like. And I'm sure it wasn't a hidden gathering. And they prayed. And they prayed, and they seeked the strength of God. And they first recognized that God's sovereign, that he has a plan, and that it's predestined. And then they said, give us the strength to execute the gospel, basically, in the streets with boldness through your great Holy Spirit. That's what they did. And then they moved out and they continued to do what Christ had commanded them to do. And that was to share the gospel. Hmm. So that's really my stance in a nutshell without getting too political or too, um, you know, out there with the, with the discussion about COVID or anything like
1: that. So with what you just finished with about them coming together in prayer and, and asking for basically for direction and then the strength to execute that direction, um, you're saying the same thing that a friend of mine that I've been chatting on Instagram about this and no, it's not on the lay it on the table Instagram, although I wish y'all would, (laughs) but this is my personal account, but um, she's a very strong um, sister in Christ. I've never met her in person. I would like to one day, but she made um, a really valid point. and, And it's basically the same thing you just said is that however the body, the church, I believe you're, Responds to this situation. It needs to be done in discernment. It does not need to be done through feelings, because that's where, as a believer, you're gonna get into a lot of trouble. Mm-hmm. So to do it under discernment, through prayer, with with a group of other believers, or your church, or on your own if you have to. Uh, and I just I just wanted to throw that in there, Shemita. I'm not gonna name her. She, I don't I don't know if she would appreciate that, but she was in a very valid point.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, John, I, I like that because um, as I was thinking through what Aaron was saying on the uh, concept of of sort of any government that, you know, forbids us from worshiping, there was actually a good argument made from a sort of a playing the other side of the coin on MacArthur um, over this issue with how churches navigate government oversight in other countries, and there's a lot to be said about a case by case basis because um, I know that um, there is a level of black and white to it, but I would, the only thing I would say is that there also is a level of being able to be shrewd and uh, pastors. And like for, he, he cited his friend who does lots of missions in China and he said, pastors in China are some of the most shrewd because they know how to, work the system to get around things, to get what they want. Um, because the thing about um, standing up in utter defiance is that it would actually kill the movement altogether because they would all get rounded up, thrown into a camp and disappear forever. That being said that the bringing that up though, raises the other argument of sort of higher love, higher level than coronavirus, Like, Should churches trust the Lord and just do that in general? And I think to say that, to say these Chinese pastors might not be so fair because it's like, well, they have, as John said, prayerfully with their congregations dealt with these issues and decided to do things the way that they decided to do it based off of their circumstances, right? And I have no doubt that that was something that um, they landed on. I'm sure that those decisions were not just— just the same way of MacArthur's church and the elders made that decision. It was based off of, you know, the conviction that they had as a body. Um, But then there's also the larger question of, you know, I mean, whether that's even the right thing to do. And I mean, I think that is not always the easiest thing to, to determine. Right. And that, so that's why I say with your friend, I like what she said, because that's a good observation in my mind, like that each each one of these situations, it's going to be, it needs to be done through the Holy spirit to like look into that situation. I was recently reading a thing about Nero's persecution of Christians in the Roman empire. And it was the same way. um, Because up until the point of Nero, they had been persecuted in various ways, depending on where they were in the province. So Jews Mm -hmm. like to persecute Christians. Some Like, the Greeks did not persecute them nearly as much. They persecuted them in different ways. Um, Either, as we said, you know, you need to come to the temple and worship the Roman or the Greek gods, etc. But um, up until Nero, Nero was the first time that, that from the empire level... Jews were just lit. I mean, not Jews, Christians were literally hunted down just specifically for being Christians Mm -hmm. for no other reason. Not, not because they didn't worship Rome or whatever, but specifically if they said, I am a Christian or I am of the way, as they called it back then, they were snuffed out. Mm -hmm. So I think, um, I think that in this specific, specific position, we are enduring some level of persecution. I think that it Like I said before, it shows where the world is at when it doesn't prioritize um, religious institutions in general, um, or specifically the Christian church. And I mean, that makes sense. They're not going to prioritize that, but um, I do really just that, re- what she said really that connects with me on a personal level, like being able to, as a congregation, come together and really pray for Lee Seek yeah. and say, okay, is this something we should do because because it makes sense. Like, it's yeah. something we need to do, right?
1: Right. And I haven't seen the video that John MacArthur made of, of that statement. I know y'all have, but I, yeah. I've, I've been told that he brings up that point that way back when this first started, he and the other elders got together and they prayed and they said, okay, what what should we do yeah. about this? And they sought godly counsel and, and used wisdom, and, and and which is the right way to do it. And it, you know... It, I'm not going to say that God says, well, this church needs to stay open and this one should close their doors. But what I am going to say is that if you seek truthfully what you should do under the authority of the Lord, I mean, then then let him speak, whether it be, you know, limit your capacity or Mm -hmm. just go full bore. Because, I mean, you've got... You know, a church in California versus <clears throat> versus a church here in Texas, while we may believe the same things, there's probably different needs that need to be met both in and out of that church in its community. And yeah. God God will speak to that to those people individually. Um, you know, the, the again, the friend I was chatting with on on Instagram, the country that she's currently working in, um, the government themselves, and it's a very open government, uh, instituted a deal for all churches that basically you there's an app that you download and you have to log in and then you um, you say that you know whether or not you want to attend such and such service and that's just kind of how they gauge um, the the level of participation they're not shutting them down they're not saying they can't meet but because of precautions so to speak hey let's you know let's keep let's keep the congregation at whatever number and and we'll do it this way, okay? You know, I, I, I get it. You know, um, so again, it, you know, it's 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 geographically specific, I would think.
2: Yeah, that that's what I was saying earlier, because you know, there's so many cautions from the from Apostle Paul to not dis uh, sow disunity, mm-hmm. and right. um, that's the thing. Is, I think that's why I resonated with me what she said, because it's like what you're doing is you're coming before your congregation in a members meeting. You're saying, here's what's on our hearts as elders. And, you know, we just want to get the, we want to gauge the audience. What is everybody at right now? Are we all in on this? We going to do this? You know, and maybe there's a few outliers that aren't. And I think that there's a way to love them as well and say, you know, we're going to do what we're going to do. And, uh, we'll still broadcast say online. So if anybody wants to join that way or however they want to do it, Mm -hmm. um, it's interesting because, um, uh, you know, MacArthur made the statement that the one thing that I will give him agreeance, full agreeance on is he said, we never, as a congregation when this happened, he said, we never actually followed the order because we felt that, um, we followed the order because we decided to follow the order. He said, but we never, we at the very beginning when this happened, he said, we were all ready to sit thinking about just not even just ignoring it completely at that time. Mm -hmm. He said, but we had a lot of reasons that we came to that we decided to do it because he said under the circumstances, we felt that it made sense. So I think, I think that, I guess my, my take is what I just said earlier, as Aaron may, may mention of like, I, I agree with the, with the overall decision they made as in their own body, though. I think that, um, I think that MacArthur probably, uh, is getting some scrutiny, mostly not because of what they did, but because of his argument that he made. Because <laughs> probably it just you know it's one of those things where it's like, it maybe if he was uh, like like Aaron said, he's he's kind of in that grandpa mode where it's like, you know I don't know I just we we made the decision guys come on just you well, know I mean, and it's it, one and, of those and, things and if like, you
0: watch the video um, in the video yeah. he talks about we opened our doors and people were showing up. People wanted to be here. Yeah. So why are we? And in his body, in the, in in his church, not the body, the church of Christ, but in his particular church in that building that they do meet. Yeah. Um, people wanted to be there, and that yeah. was the that was their church making that decision that they wanted to be there. And and again, to some effect, um, we live in a place where we're supposed to have that ability to make that decision, and I think that if we would allow folks to make those kind of decisions for themselves. And and I think as a church they're doing that. I mean they're not I don't I doubt that John MacArthur's going around slapping everybody saying, You need to you need to be a church boy. You know, I mean he's saying, my door is open, come into church. If you want, we're going to keep it open, regardless of what the government says. But John MacArthur always streams. John MacArthur has got the seminary. He's I'm sure that his church has small group options. And even if it doesn't, you know, that, that's not the issue. But in contrast to that, you see a church like my church here, which we seem to all not be meeting out of like a fear or maybe even like a, a laziness. I, I, I don't really. Yeah, there may I be specific really or, yeah. reasons that are outside um, of just coronavirus. Because right? it, like even today, mm-hmm. right, even today on our our, our our church cast, all the CDC guidelines got smashed. Uh, Because we were celebrating some kids that had graduated college and they got their degrees. And so we buy them the little frame, uh, the church does, uh, Mm -hmm. buys them the frame and gives them a frame for their diploma, which is awesome. And so at pastor's house today, I guarantee you 25% of the church was there. (laughs) But yet we didn't do it in the building because we don't want to open the church building because we want to make sure that we follow the guidelines and people are too nervous to come. But my thing is, is like... Open the building and let those who come come. And how much easier would it be to live stream from a large auditorium right. and everything? I mean, it makes no sense and Don't me, place
2: but. Don't place your conscience on the ones that don't come for whatever reason. Because right. you don't know their heart. All you can do is pray and right. say, hopefully their heart is in the right place. They're not yeah. coming because they just...
0: Yeah, people are worried about their yeah. kids and everybody's worried about getting sick. And, and yeah. I understand a little bit of that because like my if, wife talked like, about some of the things they went I know through in a Africa, guy malaria that, and all that. But.
2: Right. I mean, I know a guy that... You know, he's got cancer. It's like, he wouldn't do it because he literally, he gets the cold, he's going to die. Yeah. You know? like, And I mean, I'm not saying that, but but that's his decision to make on a personal basis. Like if he decides that he's willing to do that, then.
0: Hey, I can't stop him. And and we haven't, we even at work, we church out of it at work. We had a a luncheon, a team lunch. And one of the guys, Don, he has a wife who's been struggling with cancer. And, And I think his daughter might be going through some illness. And uh, so he was like, I don't want to risk, you know, getting any kind of sickness. So I'm just going to stay safe here at work and, and go on, much less COVID, you know, um, because in their condition, like Brian said, any sickness. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, you know, if you look back in history, maybe I should have brought this up earlier in the podcast because we're very short on time. Why but, don't you close this out,
2: John? Uh, <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> so if you go back to the early 1900s, when you had a pandemic sweeping across this nation, it was way more deadly than COVID. And it was the Spanish flu. It was killing yeah. millions yeah. of people. And even back then, you can see pictures of it where people were wearing masks. And I would venture a guess that they were probably, although they didn't call it this at the time, but they were doing social social distancing. But nowhere in history of, of, of the documentation of this pandemic will you see the government really closing down anything. The people decided what was best for themselves, and I'm sure that back then there were those that probably opted not to go to church for the time being, and that's fine. Mm -hmm. And there were some that chose to go, and I I know churches were open, there were businesses that were open, and it was it was, and and this 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 was a a nationwide thing. This was huge. I mean, so many people died. Um, but you know, it wasn't it it wasn't. what's the word I'm looking for? The government didn't intervene like they are now. And it's not because they were impotent or they didn't care or they didn't have the manpower to do it. It was, you know, people lived differently. They saw things differently back then. Yeah. And so here you are with, and I'm not downplaying the virus. Yes, the coronavirus is real. Yes, people have died. I'm not going to lie. But the mortality rate for COVID versus the mortality rate for Spanish flu, vastly different. Right. Well, and I... yeah, go ahead. Let's
0: Well, well, I was going to say that we can just close I was going to say this. I think that the the strongest thing I can say yeah. again as as a believer is that we cannot we cannot live in fear. Right. And and just to give you a brief a brief a personal situation that I've been going through. I've been dealing with this a lot lately. Like I am so afraid to die. Like I don't know I've been having this issue. I literally like I realized I had to pray so hard about this because I had a mental thought that my throat was closing up for like a week solid and I couldn't breathe and I didn't even have the COVID. I was sitting here perfectly fine. Um, and I just felt like it was, and, and it was just all psychological. And I, and I kept having these dreams about being trapped in confined spaces and, and just in, and not being able to breathe and stuff like that. And I even told Sam about it. And of course, you know, I love my wife. She directs me straight to God to pray. Um, and I prayed about it and I've been really, it, it, and I, I, I got over that and I felt, Relieved when I gave that to Christ, and I said, "You know, if I die that way, I guess I have to die that way." But it's be—it's only gonna be temporary, and um, you know, but it's scary. It's scary, and I know you guys are scared of dying. I mean, it's scary thought. It is not easy to deal with, but we need to realize that at some point, we've got to to mature past fear. And step out. And if you want to take precautions, shoot, go buy a Tyvek suit, dude. Wear it all the way up and, and put plastic on you. Everybody's going to look at you like you're the abominable snowman. But who cares? Come come out, you know, and, and, and quit being afraid to, to interact with the common man. And, I mean, there's not that many people running around spitting on each other. And, you know, that's not going to be happening a lot. So let's just not be so in fear and worried, um, you know. And like I said, if you already had an illness to begin with that you knew was going to be subject to this, you were worried about the flu before this. You were worried about the common cold. So this is nothing new for you. So, you know, that's my option. Let's serve Christ over our fear, serve Christ over the government, serve Christ, number one. And if sir, in serving Christ, you will be doing the right thing regardless. Christ never would direct us down a path that would lead to sin. So serve Christ, man. That's all I got to say. Quit worrying and what does it say in Matthew? Worrying won't be w won't add an hour to your day or your life. Right. So don't don't cry. Not, stop crying stop worrying and just, just give it to God and then and then focus on him and all other things will be added, whatever that looks like. And it's hard for me to say that. I just told you, I've been struggling with this unrational fear lately. And I don't know if it's just being confined in the house or what it is. I feel like I have to be in big open spaces to feel like I'm breathing well. And it's really weird and um, I've never had it before. So just remember that I've, I've gone through it myself. So we've got to stop doing that. Give it to God, give it to God, let Christ hold all those fears captive for you and move out and preach his word as a believer, as whomsoever believes. If you're not, and we know there's plenty of people that go to church that weren't supposed to be there, but either way we was another topic for another podcast. Yeah.
2: as a it- as we say at the end of every podcast, if you are seeking and loving,
0: remember, we should always love, love Jesus, Jesus in all that we do. Love yeah. Thanks again, guys, for coming in. Thanks again, guys, for joining us. And again, these are all our opinions uh, based on the convictions that we have in our relationships with Christ. And we seek you, ask you just to continue seeking prayer. And if you have anything that you want to talk to us about, uh, there is an Instagram. Lay it on dot the table. And John, his thumbs are itching. For real. And I'm sure that if you send a message since he watches it, that I will also know about it because it'll probably come to my phone and Brian's phone if he's logged in. Um, so feel free to send us a message. Let us know what you think. If you hate us, if you love us, if you're impartial, if you think we're completely wrong, we love it. We want it. We'd yep. like to hear from you. So uh otherwise have a wonderful Sunday, uh or whatever day it is for you and have a safe drive, walk, sleep, sit in your house, whatever you're doing. And uh we love you guys and stay blessed.